We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today for this edition of AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. This is the American Family Radio Network. You can check out our website, AFR.net, AFR.net, to uh, listen to the AFA at the Core podcast there on our website, AFR.net. We also have the app available the American Family Radio app. But the special thing about our website, AFR.net, is that there on my podcast page, when you click on the individual podcast shows to listen to, uh, we also post some useful, some helpful links on each uh, uh, show page or, yeah, show page uh, relating to the topics I discuss on that respective show. Um, so when I mention uh, that we're going to post a link on my podcast page at AFR.net, that's what I'm talking about. Um, there on each show that we publish there each day, we uh, link to uh, helpful links that we discuss on the show. So that's what I'm talking about in that matter. So that's on our website, AFR.net, as I mentioned, the app. And then lastly, we are live streaming the video on YouTube and Facebook. We have an AFA at the core page or channel on both of those platforms, YouTube and Facebook. You can watch AFA at the core on both of those platforms. And I've got to say, uh, my goal is to have the podcast, uh, have the show continue rising to the top, Bobby. Um, it jumped from the bottom to the middle and we're headed to the top of the most popular show on AFR. We're going for it. I can wait till the till the numbers for the end of month September come out. So it should be pretty good. Yeah, we're going for it. And you know, I've removed Bobby from his conflict of interest here. <laughs> Bobby used to be, and he's still a part of the show, but he used to be the producer for or the Hamilton Corner. And he was the produ- the producer for AFA at the Core and the Hamilton Corner for a little while. Uh, but now Jeff McIntosh, who's a great worker, great producer is now producing the Hamilton Corner. Bobby's still running the board, still a part of the show. Uh, but but Bobby, his conflict of interest there has reduced. <laughs> so maybe Bobby, I don't have to worry about Bobby, about watching my six. But Marty's still, Marty's still doing both shows too. So, you know, I got to keep an eye on these guys, make sure they're po- publishing my podcast right and they're not go. letting Abe, you, you know, sway their decision making. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh we got a great team here at American Family Radio, American Family Amen. Association. Amen. And God is using um, our work for his purposes, which is an honor and a privilege and um, humbling uh, to be a part of. Yeah, and Jeff definitely got a good uh, – Abe definitely got a good one in Jeff. Jeff is a, is a great cat. He's been around, uh, especially the audio recording, audio mixing business for a long, long time. Did some time in Atlanta and so forth. And just a wealth of talent. Um uh, Learned a lot under Will Addison and learned a lot under Jason Tross. And uh, they've they, he's got some skills, that's for sure. He does. Uh, Jeff McIntosh we're talking about. He's an up-and-coming talent here on our uh, production side here at AFR. So he uh, 
He uh, helps produce and run the airing the Addisons, kind of behind the scenes, but now he's producer of the Hamilton Corner. So you'll be seeing Jeff McIntosh in studio a little bit more than you have in the past. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. This is out of the English Standard Version. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. So wisdom, biblical wisdom, is the ultimate treasure. Biblical wisdom is the ultimate understanding here on this earth and in eternity. So that's what we should be striving for. How do we get biblical wisdom? Well, we rely on God's Word. What does God's Word say? And we rely on the Holy Spirit to understand God's Word. Um, That's how we get biblical wisdom, godly wisdom. And uh, godly wisdom can help us here today uh, avoid many of the trials, many of the struggles that humanity has faced. Uh, Biblical wisdom can help uh, provide human flourishing. Um, And, of course, it ultimately helps provide eternal flourishing, uh, eternal flourishing through salvation in Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Something I published this past weekend is a blog on our website, afa.net, talking about our new streaming platform, AFA Streaming. That's coming out November 1st. November 1st is when our new streaming platform will be launched. And so you can go to afa.net to read my blog about that, explaining all the details you need to know about that platform uh, coming out November 1st. And our share between now and then. Our share is mid-October, October 13 through 15. Hey, uh, yesterday there was a clip I didn't get to, but boy, do I have to get to this clip. Um, and we won't spend too long on this because it'll drive you uh, out of your mind. But clip two, this is Justin Trudeau. By the way, he just got reelected. He's the prime minister of Canada, but boy, is he politically correct, so politically correct that he gets his people groups and his uh, terms all mixed up. Listen to clip two here. I will never apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBG, LGBTQ plus uh, kids rights to not have to undergo conversion therapy. I couldn't repeat that if I wanted to. Goodness. Well, I can't let that go. We've got to play it again. It's gold. Listen to the inclusivity here. I will never apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBT. LGBTQ uh, kids rights <laughs> to not have to undergo conversion therapy. Oh man. You know, when you, when you break everybody up into these little subgroups, uh, that's what you get. You get a lot of mumbo jumbo and a big alphabet LGBTQ two plus seven, eight, nine, ten. Abe has a great <laughs> saying. Sin makes you stupid. <laughs> That's duly noted. There's a lot of truth to that. Sin makes you stupid. And here, you know, um, this is the problem when we start breaking people down into groups. And this is what we're known for, especially in America. We're all about labeling people and breaking them down into groups. We do this with skin color. And in 2021, can anyone explain to me logically, ethically, morally, biblically, 
why we still need to break people down into skin color groups. Why do I, filling out a job application, need to mark down that I'm white? Why does my neighbor, filling out a job application, have to mark down that they're black or they're African-American? Why? And if you start really thinking about it critically and biblically, we're all created in God's image. <laughs> there is no multiple multiple races, even though that's like the status quo in America is that there's a bunch of different races and we're all different. No, we're all created in the image of God. There is one race, the human race, and we're all we all come with different uh, levels of pigmentation. We all come with different skin colors. That doesn't mean we're different. We're not inherently different. We're all unique. We're all created in the image of God, though. And then you go from there and you start breaking people down into more groups. And now you've got this large half of the alphabet is used to break people down into groups. And Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, is so diverse so inclusive that he forgets what he what he's supposed to call people there and his aide in the background the the female we'll just call her f the female uh she has to step in and just say come on come on mr Tadoke, let's get back to this let's get back to the diversity and she helps steer him along um what do you say? What do you say? We sure do live in an upside-down world. But uh, point number one, why you don't break people down into 27 different people groups, um, it's because when you try to say all that in about three seconds, you just can't get it out. You just can't get it out. A bunch of mumbo-jumbo is what we just heard there. Hey, the Democrats, uh, what do you know? They're trying to pass their $3.5 trillion spending package. And there's all kind of stuff in the bill, uh, so much stuff that I couldn't even read it all. <laughs> a couple thousand pages worth of legislation and um, allocation of federal tax dollars. Uh, by the way, uh, this is mine and your money. Without the American people, without American workers, there is no money for Washington to spend. Well, except for the kind that they print with the Treasury Department's printing machines. But all of this money comes from you and I. What do we do? We work, we labor, we sweat, we pay taxes. And there's nothing wrong with paying taxes. But when we pay taxes, if we pay taxes, then we have a little bit of a say. We have some skin in the game. We should have a little bit of say as to how that money is spent. But the politicians in Washington seem to have lost their grip on that. They've lost the understanding that, hey, we're spending the American people's money. So maybe we need to be careful. We need to be tedious. We need to be precise in how we spend this money. Uh, my dad says, and this may not be unique to him, but he says, uh, governments, government money is everybody's money and nobody's money. And that's true. It's everybody's money, and it's nobody's money. Because once you put it in the pot, nobody can really claim it, but then everybody claims it. Uh, but it is accurate to say that all of this money is our tax dollars at work um, in Washington, D.C. 
Speaking of the spending bill, speaking of our tax dollars at work, the Democrats uh, have gone to a new level of reprehensible here. The Democrats, through this spending bill in the House of Representatives, they are attempting to defund, to not fund, Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system. This missile defense system that was developed by the U.S. in partnership with Israel is used to defend Israel every single time a missile is launched from one of these Islamic terrorist countries or areas. It's launched into Israel, and what saves lives? The Iron Dome missile defense system. This missile defense system is extremely impressive, complex, high-tech, and it intercepts the vast majority of missiles that come into Israel. And so truly, it's not a reach to say this missile defense system protects innocent life in Israel. I would go as far to say it protects hundreds, if not thousands, of innocent lives in Israel each and every year. Well, uh, two Democrats specifically, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib out of Michigan and uh, uh, AOCs from New York, Uh, They're both leading the charge to refuse funding to Israel over this missile defense system. This is dangerous. Uh, This is dangerous. This isn't Green New Deal. This isn't, hey, let's let's drive electric vehicles around. Um, This is withholding, potentially withholding, vital aid, vital money that is used to defend uh, Israel. That is what's going on with the Democrats. So if you see the Republicans fighting against this bill, that's reason one of 1,780 of why this is a bad bill. This is not a neutral spending bill. And by the way, there is no neutral spending bill. There's spending bill or there's not. And one party is going to get more out of it. And right now the Democrats are getting everything out of this spending bill. So when you see the headlines... Republicans block spending bill. No, the Democrats are blocking the spending bill because they're trying to pass all the garbage in the spending bill. And one piece out of the massive pile of garbage is to prevent Israel from defending itself. Shame on them. We'll be back in a few minutes. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Here Jesus instructed his disciples to cross a lake and meet him on the other side of it. As they went, they were met by a violent windstorm that halted their progress. Often in our Christian lives, we receive clear instruction from the Lord, only to be met by an obstacle that halts our progress. We must, however, recognize that the onset of a storm does not cancel out God's instructions. Halted progress does not equal denied destination. When Jesus directed the disciples to go to the other side, he absolutely meant for them to get there. Delay does not equal denial. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. If you were to get a call from your daughter while she's at school and she asked you to bring the homework she left on the kitchen table, what would you do? Many of today's youth experience the luxury of what's called moral hazard. Economist Paul Krugman defines moral hazard as any situation in which one person decides on how much risk to take, which someone else bears the cost if things go badly. Consider allowing your girl to bear the cost of forgetting to take her homework to school. Later, ask her how it felt to endure the consequences. Let her bear the cost and the Lord will mature her sense of self-responsibility. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to her remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core, this edition of AFA at the Core. I'm Walker Wildman. This is American Family Radio. Thank you for joining us. We are not only on the FM airwaves across the country in over 30 states, 180 stations or towers. We are also on the World Wide Web, live streaming, AFR.net's the website, and then we have the American Family Radio app. I better not delay, I better not wait on introducing my guest this segment, otherwise I will get in trouble. Yes. <laughs> Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach. On AFA at the core. And the reason I need to be introduced is because it's been about three weeks since I've been on the program. I forget who you were. Yeah, and so it's necessary. I'm I'm Walker. My name is Wesley. Wesley Wildman, nice to meet you. Uh, Marty, good to see you. Glad to be in the studio with you. Uh, Yeah, hey, on a serious note, I've been out for quite some time. and uh, For good good reasons. For good reasons. And I look forward to being on more regularly as I was prior to my reasonings. But I have, guys, I have learned uh, yet again – how much body, how much the body can do with very little sleep. And what I'm getting to is that my wife and I uh, gave, or she gave birth. I was there for it to our newborn, Anna Wesley, Elise Wildman, uh, the 9th, September the 9th of 2021, so about two weeks ago. And I have been sleeping at best. The longest gap I've, it's not a gap, the longest stretch I've had is Three hours in the last two weeks. And so that's reason number... One. That's reason number 975. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Why that's a you, long one. Why, why you need harvest. 
uh, American Family Coffee yep. Autumn Blend. Yep, I got it right here. I got- <laughs> <laughs> no, we all. Uh, this, there. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's the first slurp I've heard on this show. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was tasty. It was <laughs> yeah. very tasty. Very hey, nice. uh, we do offer coffee at our resource center, resources.afa.net. You can order your Autumn Blend Harvest Coffee. It's excellent coffee, and I'm not biased. Actually, I am biased. It's our coffee, so it's got to be good. Yep. Hey, uh, Wesley. So, hey, but another reason. Yeah. I've uh, been out um, and out of pocket is uh, while I started back in the office full time on Monday, I was traveling, and so I've been around visiting a lot of our listeners, our supporters, and I was out Monday with, and this will kind of transition to a couple of things I want to update our audience on. But on Monday, I was in Jackson, Tennessee. At, a, at our marriage, family life date night, we were at Union University. Union University there hosted us. Their uh, president, Dub Oliver, he came and he opened us up and prayed for the event. And it was just a wonderful event. We were welcomed with open arms. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, a lot of things that we've discussed on this program and on AFA and AFR and a lot of uh, things that we have lost. You know, either A, we have given them over, the church has given it over, and a lot of areas where they have taken their hands off, but also some had just been taken from us from the enemy. But nonetheless, I was encouraged to hear a story from Dub Oliver, the president of the Union of Union University, as they hosted our date night, and we had around 275 people there of our supporters and listeners, and in a real short notice. Um, but he shared a story of, of last year how they had an applicant for their for their for their college who uh, filled out and um, put that he was married. It was a man who said he was married to another man, and he was applying to be part of the school and the college, and them being a Christian uh, education, they actually had to, they turned it down, and they they denied it, and then they went through a couple, I think they went through a little bit of a legal procedure, but nonetheless, they won, and they uh, stood fast to the Word of God and what they believed, and I know for some of us, we're thinking, well, duh, and that's what the Bible says, and what's yeah. the big deal there? Well, uh, I'm not trying to toot their horn, and I know that they they would say the same thing. Look, we're just being faithful to what God told us. They don't want praise for it. Yeah. However, I mean, you're having Christian campuses nowadays electing atheists to be their, um, <laughs> you know, their uh, pastors yes. or their are their leaders, and so it's They're a chaplains. Chaplain. So I just I I just want to take a moment to say we are being effective, and we do have like minded. Uh, people and institutions such as education. Uh, there are several left in D.C. Um, there's plenty left in Hollywood, and they're standing up. And yeah. here at AFA, we're going to continue to do that with the events that we're doing here at AFA. Yeah, people people having uh, courage to stand up for God's word should be applauded, and they should be affirmed in their in their display of courage. Yes, uh, because we want to provoke provoke others to uh, to standing up and having courage as well. Absolutely. And so some of the things that AFA is doing, and I just wanted to update us on and remind us about uh, along these same lines as we get more and more into the culture here, that by design is an effort that AFA has launched where we have a, a radio program, podcast, we have articles, we have short videos, all to uh, all, that, that go to all things related to God's design for marriage. Some of the videos up that we have are tips for blended families, how number two, how to prioritize your family schedule. Number three, the importance of date nights, which is some of the things that AFA is producing, uh, date nights with Mickey and Will Addison. You can find those events and see if one's in your area by going to afa.net slash events. I know 
that we have an event, uh, a marriage, family, life date night event in Little Rock, Arkansas, November the 9th. So if you're uh, close to Little Rock or within that area, we would love to have you there. Nonetheless, you know about it far enough out that if you want to travel a good bit and stay the night, uh, AFA's uh, sta- uh, team, uh, Mickey, Will, myself, I'll be emceeing, and some of the other staff members from AFA and AFR, we will be there in Little Rock, Arkansas, November the 9th. There's, uh, I noticed there was a handful of other events we've got going on. I'm not a part of these, but I want to let you know about them. The AFA Pasture and Wife Fishbowl Retreat is in Savannah, Tennessee on October 19th through the 21st. And last but not least, the virtual town hall that's specifically oriented to the state of Virginia in order to discuss the specific attacks of CRT and the state of Virginia will be hosted by AFA Action, and they will have speakers such as Bishop E.W. Jackson, Rob Chambers, Mickey Addison, and more, and that will be a virtual event. So, um, and, and I could continue to go on, but I want you to know that as you listen, that we're in this together, that we are making a tangible difference, and we are being faithful to all the resources that God's given us. Yes, we're on the radio right now, but we are also leaving our headquarters regularly and we're getting out there, and we're educating you. You're encouraging us. We're encouraging you, and we're so grateful, and we look forward to the rest of what 2021 has for us because we are making a huge impact on uh, our country. Yeah, and we couldn't do it without our supporters. No. Uh, I, was out in, I was out in uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, right outside of Dallas in Garland, Texas, at an event. Actually, when you were spending time with your beautiful baby, Anna yes. Wesley, I was in Texas with our supporters, about 260 of our uh, faithful donors there in Garland, Texas, fellowshipping with them, talking with them. Um, so we got a lot of great folks out there supporting us, and we truly, truly appreciate it. And uh, we're 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 not just uh, we're not just passive. We're not being idle. We are fighting for our country. We are fighting for the future of our children and our families. Um, and that's so important. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of ministries, a lot of organizations um, that are that are doing more um, <clears throat> just Bible teaching or just uh, how to. Uh, be a good dad, be a good parent, and all those things are good. Uh, but AFA is aggressively fighting uh, to defeat evil and to and to build up families so that we can actually reclaim this culture. And you know, there is a, um, uh, a, a I guess a um, a stereotype or, or or conception that most of the AFA AFR followers are uh, at my papa's age. Mm-hmm. And that's true. The majority of them are. And, but what I have found as I've gone to these events over the last eight years is that the age in the room continues to drop slowly, meaning this is that there are far more I'm finding out of of, of parents, of, of young men and women, couples, singles that are in their late 40s, early 50s that are really, really, really engaged in what's going on. They just don't really get involved in social media, <laughs> like yeah. some of the, you know, some like 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 the liberals do in some degree, right? You know, but they are out there, and so we are fighting a war that has yeah. a lot more people on our side at our age than 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 the media would like to think. Yeah, my favorite thing is when uh, our supporters bring their uh, babies Children, to yeah. our events. Sure. Um, yeah. When I was in Dallas, we had a young couple, probably in their thirties, but they had a baby in the little baby carrier. Yeah. And another probably three or four year old, but it's so awesome to see families in this together. 
uh, wanting to build godly marriages, godly families, and wanting to retake this culture. Yeah, and we have testimonies after tes- testimonies. In fact, while I'm talking, while I'm drinking my wonderful cup of coffee, I'm going to make note that I will next time I come in the studio, I will have some uh, possibly some audio, but definitely some some written testimonies of people who have uh, come to these date nights. I read one before, and those that have come and been a part of the By Design effort on our webpage. I will uh, bring those because we are making a an ongoing difference. It's so beautiful. We sit here and we do our program and and everything's going good, but nothing's more powerful than when you than than having in that moment where you realize your program, your your by design, your your date night. When you find that one person, maybe that two people, that couple that comes forward and says your program is making a difference in my life, mm. your uh, date night is making a difference, and that's exactly what we're doing. So and we look forward to doing more. Hey, uh, there is a <clears throat> something I wanted to get your your feedback on, Wesley. I came across a story out of ChristianPost.com, and here's the here's the headline out of ChristianPost.com: Charter private schools, charter comma private schools, see growth during the pandemic as 1.4 million kids taken out of public schools, according to this study. Here's more about the article. Approximately 1.4 million students were taken out of public schools during the COVID-19 pandemic and transferred to alternative educational systems such as charter and private schools, according to a recent report. The National Alliance for Public Charter Schools released a report Wednesday analyzing student enrollment trends in 41 states, including the District of Columbia, during the 2020-2021 school year. The report noted that approximately 240,000 students were newly enrolled in public charter schools, representing a 7% increase, while 1.4 million students were taken out of traditional public schools. Um, I bring this up, Wesley, because as our culture continues to drift, and we're trying to reclaim culture, but our culture, as our culture continues to drift uh, towards more godlessness, and more specifically, our public education systems begin and continue uh, to teach ungodly things to to children across the country. This type transition from public education to private or homeschool is going to go up more and more. Yeah, and I don't know what the legal battle looks like, but at some point you're going to have a lot of people, uh, Christians especially, but those that uh, you know are just um, opposed to the CRT and the indoctrination of the LGBT movement and, and so on, you're going to find a lot of people at some point having a legal argument if there's not if this doesn't already exist of if if I want to go to private school I want my tax dollars to take me to to my private school That's, because yeah I get to you know well we talked about this on the program before I, I mean the language there or the words called school choice yeah because we should be able to pick as humans as 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 Americans where we take where we put our kids in school and if we yeah. want to drive 45 minutes or an hour we do that if we want to drive five minutes that's fine yeah but ultimately that's going to be um and four, and yeah. and to, to your point there is uh, there is no viable argument against that no even from people who are like public school teachers sure. which we know plenty of them some yeah. of them are in our family um there is no viable argument against yes. school no, choice there's not uh because here's why because the child, the tax dollars the family is paying to their local government for the child to attend public schooling, mm-hmm. that money should be able to follow that child around right. wherever they want to go sure. to school. Yeah. And if our public school systems are so great and we're so proud of them, which some of them are pretty good, 
um, then 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 teachers and school administrators should have no problem right. with people having school choice. And having a school choice creates competition. What does competition bring? Higher quality education. 100% of the time, you're exactly right. That's why, you know, it's kind of like Walker. It's kind of like the mask deal. You know, if you wear a mask, you should be covered, right? I shouldn't have to. That, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I was going to go to a mask. You know, I was going to You go had to, to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not no. AFA at the core without talking about the mask. Right, right. <laughs> no, I've joked before, um, but, I, you know, seriously, though, when it comes to vaccines and masks and things like that, you know, if people want to do it, that's fine. But if they do it and they work, then there's no reason for no, you to yeah, your point, the same. No, your, yeah, your point is about people having a choice. Choice, yeah. Yeah, and we we've lost track of that in America. We're we're in this society and this culture where it's like all or nothing. Yeah. It's it's you do everything I want you to do because yes. I think it's right. Yes. And bang my hand on the table and you're canceled, you're fired. Yes. Um you do everything I want you to do or you're canceled, you're not an American, you should lose your job, uh, you should lose your first amendment, so on and so forth. Um but people should have a choice. And if people uh want to take their child, transfer their child to another educational system, even another public education uh, uh, district or school, they should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. They should be able to do that. More competition is good. And let me take us, let me take a few steps back and let's talk about the parents for for the remaining time that we have. I do want to say this though, both in both arguments when, when, when this is brought up between homeschool, private school, public schools, and people have their different opinions and and perspectives and, and they have to reason through this um I do don't I do want us in both camps and all three camps really I don't want us to get caught up too much in the fact of the of emphasizing the parent or sorry the school or 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 the or any or any system of being responsible being the primary responsibility for training and teaching your children I don't want to you know you don't want to emphasize and go too far there to the point where they're responsible for because ultimately at the end of the day the parents are 100% responsible for for the uh, spiritual development and the discipleship of their children and their Absolutely. family. So it starts there. And from there, that's where we have the perspective of, okay, now it matters. Uh, I, need to find a, uh, uh, I need to find a church. I need to find yeah. a uh, daycare. And, I need and, to find and, compliments. And, and because we've been giving, uh, because we've been critiquing our public education system, let me critique our households. Mm-hmm. Parents, you need your child. You need to train your child, disciple your child to such an extent yep. that when they go out to the world, whether yeah. it be in a public school or to church, because they're going to get out there at some yeah, point. That they some point. are developed. They know how to behave. They know how to be respectful. They know they know God's word. That is on the parents. One hundred percent on the parents. Amen. Thanks, brother. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. All right, AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. The five hard realities that I learned as a new Christian, one was just because someone says that they are a Christian doesn't mean that they will always act like that. Hard Realities Concerning Following Christ, an article by Wesley Wildman. 
we make mistakes or have setbacks or failures or even have sin in our own lives. And so sometimes we don't always live up to that standard, that goal of being like Christ. To read Wesley's article, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have helped 7,000 families rebuild their homes for free after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. Our rapid response ministry is busier than ever. With 40 deployments over the last four years, we've been able to minister to so many when it mattered most. It's completely free to serve with us. We provide your food and lodging when you volunteer. There's countless opportunities for any skill set and any skill level. We spend multiple weeks with those that have lost so much by cutting trees, tarping roofs, mucking out houses, and so much more. Consider joining us on our next outreach. You will never be the same. For more information about 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you this last segment on the show. Um, Moving into a topic that we haven't talked about much today, but we talk about often on the show is the the mandates, the tyranny, and the overreaction by many when it comes to COVID and the COVID-19 pandemic. And let me, let me uh, cl- not clarify, but let me refresh our memories and let me state that this is not as much about the virus and the nitty-gritty details of the virus and whether you should be concerned about it or whether you shouldn't, this is about whether individuals have the right, have the freedom to make health care decisions on their own. That This is really the fundamental question. Should the government step in in the name of public health and begin doing things and requiring things and demanding things that have never been demanded before? That's the fundamental question. Because we can sit here and talk about 
whether we should be concerned or not concerned, whether COVID should cause someone anxiety or not cause someone anxiety, whether we sh- how serious we should take it. But this really gets down to the fundamental question of what is the role of government? And do we trust individuals to, to educate individuals, educate the public on what's going on, and then allow them to make their own decision? And that seems to be the dividing line here. There's one side that says, no, the public shouldn't be able to have their own decision-making abilities. The public is a bunch of buffoons. They're uneducated. They don't know what they're talking about. And us people up at the top, we're the smart people. We got the PhDs. We've gone to all these schools that are hard to pronounce. And so we should be able to tell you, you take the jab, do what we say. We're smart. You're not. Stay locked in your house. Don't go to public gatherings. Put your mask on. All these different things. Don't go to football games. Don't have a family reunion. Don't go to church. And so there's all these different stipulations and rules and mandates and regulations that are all surrounding this COVID-19 pandemic. But it all gets down to the fundamental thing that I said, and that is, are we going to let government get out of this? Every time government comes in, they mess mess up stuff. I mean, that's what Ronald Reagan said, something like, uh, anytime you hear the government say, I'm here to help, um, you should be suspicious. Uh, That's the last thing you want to hear is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. That's what Ronald Reagan said, and it stands true today. On this note, we're going to play a clip from uh, an FDA employee. This is an, an economist at the FDA. Why on earth the FDA is hiring an economist? Good luck explaining that to me. The Food and Drug Administration, though, they have economists, apparently. And uh, this uh, economist at the Food and Drug Administration goes by the name of Taylor Lee. Well, Taylor Lee was now caught uh, talking to a Project Veritas undercover reporter. So this is part two of this entire uh, jab exposed video series put out by Project Veritas. We played one of an HHS employee this past uh, Tuesday. Well, today, this is Taylor Lee talking about how we just need to shoot blow darts with the vaccine in it to all people. And while we're at it, we need to create a registration of all unvaccinated Americans. Clip three. Get blow darts of J&J and go to the unvaccinated, blow it into them, blow dart it into them. I remember reading about how with COVID trials, they were having an issue recruiting African-American people. Can't blame them. They can't, but at the same time, like, blow dart. That's where we're going. There needs to be a registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. Although that's sounding very Germany. The Germany that you're thinking of. Is it? Not so I mean, think about it like the Jewish star. He looks like the FDA. Yeah. So Again. So in order. Low dark. <laughs> it is the perfect answer. <laughs> and since J&J is an mRNA, you have no issue of it counteracting with anything else. So again, you just shoot everyone. So like drones. Drone darts. Easy. How do we reach the minority populations? Low darts is always the answer. Yes. I will cheers to that. Yes, cheers. That's it. FDA employee says, what are we going to do about this? He says, uh, blow darts. Blow darts with the jab in it, the Johnson & Johnson jab. We just blow dart everybody. And he goes on to say, of course, we need a registry of the unvaccinated. Absolutely. And by the way, he said, uh, this is, I know it's sounding a little bit like Germany, you know, Nazi Germany and the Jewish star. This is sounding a sure, it's sure sounding a lot like it. He says, well, Yeah, you're right. (laughs) So let's don't do it. 
That's your key indicator. This is a bad idea. This has been done in the past. A similar type methodology and ideology has been applied in the, in the past, and it's horrendous for mankind. It's horrendous for mankind, separating people into different classes and forcing them against their will, coercing them to get something they don't want to get put in their body. Here's the part two clip, or the second clip, of this same FDA employee talking to Project Veritas. Um, this time, um, the idea about going door to door. Let's just go to door to door. Let's just go door to door and jab everybody. Clip four. Let's listen. Of course, that door to door. Yeah. What are the chances of that happening? Census goes door to door if you don't respond. So we have the infrastructure to do it. Costs a ton of money. Mm. But I think at that point, there needs to be a registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. Although that's sounding very Germany at the same point. Well, there you have it. Not me saying it. That's them saying it. That's an FDA employee saying it. And to all the folks out there, who have criticized people like myself and others for addressing this topic of tyranny, this topic of overreach, and called us conspiracy theorists and fear mongers and pushing vaccine hesitancy. These are clips of other people saying stuff that is insane. This is not me just pulling stuff out of my pocket and making up stuff. This is government employees that are wicked. They have wicked ideologies, wicked beliefs. And so we're going to call that out. We're going to call that out. We're not going to ride the COVID tyranny train down the tracks. We're just not going to do it. There's plenty of people in this world, plenty of people in this country who have no backbone, no courage, who will jump on the train and ride it down the tracks and have a nice warm cup of coffee. But we're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go along with the status quo with the quote-unquote medical establishment on an experimental jab. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm not going to promote something that I don't know about. I'm not going to promote something that we don't know enough about. Johns Hopkins' own website says vaccines take 5 to 10 years minimum to develop. That's just the developmental stage. Then it takes another five years to receive approval and implementation. You're talking 10 to 15 years before there can be widespread consensus that a shot into your body is safe and effective. But here we are, way under two years into this whole vaccine development, and it's not even a vaccine, and I keep having to say that, but it's not performing like a vaccine. That's why the CDC is having to change their definitions. But we're under two years into this shot production and implementation and clinical trials, and we've got people out there going, absolutely, this is safe and effective. And when you, when you raise your hand and go, sir, I thought Johns Hopkins said five to 10 years. No, 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 you be quiet. You be quiet. You're a conspiracy theorist. We're deplatforming you. You can't talk in the public square. As a matter of fact, you're fired from your employment because you're a conspiracy theorist. That's the type of environment we're in. And if you're okay with that, I don't know what to tell you. If you're okay with this type of environment, I don't know what to tell you because I'm not okay with it. 
And a lot of people I talk to aren't okay with it. And so there are valid reasons to not want to get the jab. There are valid reasons to want to wait five to 10 years to look at the clinical trials. By the way, the clinical trials that they're messing up. Why? Because they're eliminating placebo groups. And I can go on and on and on about valid concerns about the jab. And that doesn't make me anti-vax. That doesn't make me anti-vax. Because there are shots, there are actual vaccines that are out there now on the market that have been out there for decades that are trusted and tried. And you can genuinely say they are safe and effective. Why? Because they've been studied for 50 years. And before they made it on the market, they were studied for 15 to 20 years. And so this is not, this is apples and oranges. This comparing this jab to all the other vaccines that are safe and effective, comparing the two of them is apples and oranges. It is not apples and apples. And the data and the science shows that. Uh, Moving on on this topic, um, our good friend Steve Dace, we've had him on the show here. Um, He hosts his own podcast, his own show. Well, he had on a very well-respected doctor, a pathologist, Dr. Ryan Cole. And there has been this concern from some physicians, from some scientists, about the fact that the shot, the jab, actually could be working against us in some ways. I'm going to let him speak for himself. This is Steve Dace asking Dr. Ryan Cole why a leaky vaccine, an ineffective vaccine or shot, could actually work against us. Part one, here you go. You mentioned the term antibody-dependent enhancement, or ADE. Can you explain that to our audience? And then what does the term leaky vaccine mean? So if you're giving a vaccine, you want the body to respond to that vaccine with a broad cohort of antibodies that are going to, every time it sees the virus, bind to that virus, neutralize it, sterilize it, and then your immune Pac-Man cells gobble it up and say, okay, every time I see that again, I'm going to recognize that virus. This family of viruses, this is where we've gone anti-science this past year. Coronaviruses always mutationally drift at a steady rate. There's a reason we don't have a vaccine against HIV 40 years later. And it has a similar spike that antigenically mutationally drifts over time. So to be chasing this family of viruses with this type of shot, just from a science point of view, doesn't make sense. There's a reason we've never had a coronavirus vaccine before. And going forward, we need to just step back and say, well, what's the science of this family of viruses? That's the science. That's uh, on the Steve Day Show. That's pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole um, bringing up a valid concern about is deploying a leaky vaccine, a leaky meaning it's losing, it's waning, it's losing its effectiveness. And that's the, the, the effectiveness that it had from the beginning, which has been in question for months now. Uh, but nonetheless, with the assumption that the jab worked against the original strain, That's the definition of leaky, a waning jab, a waning vaccine effectiveness. This is Dr. Ryan Cole in part two, closing out his thoughts. Let's listen. Now, when it comes to ADE, we saw this in SARS-CoV-1 and MERS. These were traditional vaccines. These weren't even gene-based vaccines. These were just killed proteins. We took a spike protein. So what happens is you give that spike protein, animal makes an antibody, and they go, hey, look, antibodies, hooray, we have immunity. But 
when that mutational drift happens in the shape of that spike protein and now the wild type virus is present, the immune system says, well, I kind of recognize that, but I don't. I'm going to try to bind to it and attack it and it, it can bind to it, but there's certain parts of that antibody that are supposed to turn off so your Pac-Man cells eat it. Those signals don't turn off and instead they make it look yummy to your Pac-Man cells and your Pac-Man cell says, huh, I'll let that in. And now that's that Trojan horse effect. Now, not only is it replicating in your mucosal cells and your lung cells, it's replicating in your inflammatory white cells as well. So it's basically a Trojan horse. And now, now the virus has free reign to replicate at even higher and higher and higher rates. And I mean, there's about four other really technical uh, enhancement mechanisms, but I won't go through that because it would be a medical lecture for a couple hours. But anyway, the, the, the point being, if you have a good antibody, great, it will help clear any pathogen, mm -hmm. fingerprint specific to that pathogen. If you have an antibody you formed that was good at first, but now because the virus has mutated, you're down the road and it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, now it acts as your enemy. And now the virus can be present in much higher copy and hence, you know, those healthcare workers were carrying tons more virus than they would have otherwise. So we're literally making an antibody and then we're enhancing the volume and potentially the disease in those individuals with that. So it's an antibody dependent enhancement of disease. This is why, this is why medications, this is why drugs, and this is why vaccines are studied for years and years and years before we start forcing them into people's arms. Why? Because it takes scientists a long time to study all the potential side effects and adverse reactions to drugs. And rushing this to market, but not only rushing it to market, but then telling everyone in America, no matter what, you must get this, is not a good, solid, ethical, scientific approach to this situation that we're in. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.